the Plumbing Marketing Profits Podcast. Interviews with million-dollar-plus plumbing and HVAC business owners on how they market and grow their companies in today's economy. Hear directly from the most successful leaders in your business and discover what they are doing to keep their phone ringing, trucks running, and businesses booming. With your host, Josh Nelson. All right. Well, welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining us on today's webinar. I'm really excited to be here with Gene Slade from The Lead Ninja. Say hi, hi, Gene. Hey, guys. How's it going, Josh? Excellent. And he's going to really be talking about and, and revealing how he was able to grow his HVAC business, which is based in Florida a couple years back, from zero to the point where he, he hit the Inc. 5000 list two years in a row, was able to sell it for a very nice profit, and he did it in a way that's different than what you've really seen. And I'm really excited because he's going to be showing you, not just telling you, but really showing you what goes into making the Inc. 5000 list and what is this unique marketing strategy that he was able to implement. Now, this is a live webinar, so you're on the, you're on the call. You have the ability to ask questions and to engage with us. I'm going to ask that as you go about this webinar and as questions crop up for you, type them into the question box. We'll do our best to pause, answer those questions for you, and make sure you get as much out of this as possible. And so without any further ado, let's go ahead and uh, let's kick it off and dive right into it, Gene. Sounds good, man. I'm going to open up my screen a little bit more so I can click this questions box so that I can see things as they come through as well. And I'll be keeping, I'll be keeping an eye on the question box for you as well. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys, for joining us. Uh, man, what a pleasure to come from the contracting side as you all are in and uh, to be able to break out of it and uh, <laughs> really go into helping other HVAC plumbing and solar contractors around the country um, you know, generate large amounts of capital growth, you know, revenue and everything in their business. So um, appreciate you joining us. We're going to talk a little bit today about what I did in my business in order to get us from a point where we were startup to the Inc. 5000 list the last two years before I sold the company um, and uh, what marketing I used specifically to do that. So my promise is that if you stay with us through this, I'm going to show you exactly how to get more leads, more sales without experimenting or wasting money on things that don't work because, man, if it hadn't been for this strategy that I'm sharing with you today, there's absolutely no way that I would have been able to do what I was able to do with my company and create a bidding war towards the end. Um, and I mean, we sold it in 10 days. When we decided to finally sell it, we sold it in 10 days without a broker. Um, and these secrets are going to unpack exactly what made that happen for us. If you stay until the end, um, we're going to give you the radio advertising implementation blueprint actually what you're seeing here today we're going to ship it back off to you so that you've got notes and everything you know um, if you miss something um, you'll you'll be able to get it um, guys this is your business right um, I encourage you to shut your cell phones off kick Facebook off um, we've got so many distractions nowadays um, if we if we're able to just take a little bit of time um, and and get uninterrupted and get focused focus is really about that's what you. That's how you get things done in business. So don't let anything else compete for your time and your attention right now. Um, if you're a plumbing or HVAC business owner and you are serious about your business 
and not just serious about your business, but about taking it to the next level, getting better results. Um, I promise you the information that I'm going to share with you, it changed my life. It can change yours as well in 60 to 90 minutes. A um, little bit about me uh, and my history. Um, I kind of grew up in the industry. Um, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but um, I, uh, I had a company that hit the Inc. 5000 list uh, three times actually. Two mm -hmm. times we were on the Inc. 5000 list and then once we were the uh, top 100 fastest growing contracting companies in the country. We were 59th on the list. Nice. Um, so we grew the company and sold it. We were two times Inc. 5000. Uh, one time top uh, 100 fastest growing companies and then we sold the company in 10 days. Um, I've had top articles on Contracting Business Magazine um, and my story starts where I really got, uh, kind of starts where I got fired, my business life, if you will. Um, I had $100 in the bank, and I started my business from the ground up, from concept. So um, if you're out there and you're a startup and you're starting from concept, I understand what you're going through. It's a challenge. I almost went broke doing it myself. So um, let's start talk a little bit about my journey in HVAC. Um, I grew up working for my dad's HVAC company in Michigan. So I understand Michigan climate. I understand the Florida climate that I'm in. I've traveled all over the country and I get um, I get all of the climates. And uh, this, what I'm going to share with you, will work for any climate. So don't worry about where you're located in the country. Um, uh, when I was uh, young, my father was pretty hard on me and I, I owe everything to him for that. He fired me 12 times in the first three years that I worked for him. It was, boy, go sit in the truck for the rest of the day. Um, so I, I had plenty of days thinking about why I got fired. For instance, um, if I took something out of the basement without, uh, you know, if I went out of the basement without taking something we didn't need anymore, I was fired for the day. So my dad was tough. He taught me things um, that I needed to know. Um, by 14 years old, believe it or not, um, I had enough competence to lead an installation. So uh, towards the end of my uh, 14th year in life, he got me a driver slash helper and we went out on the road and uh, I separated from him and I was our first uh, crew, if you will, other than my father. Uh, and I worked with him till I graduated high school. Uh, went to college, wrestled for University of Tennessee, if any of you out there are wrestling fans. I'm a big wrestling fan. Um, returned from Michigan to meet my wife and uh, I had a very short stint as a furniture salesman in Flint, Michigan. Uh, they've been on the news a lot lately and um, that was right when Buick City shut down and uh, nobody is walking through the door so I reverted back to what I knew, right, as most of us do, went back into HVAC as an installer. Uh, very quickly was promoted to foreman and then my life changed. Um, I sent out 50 resumes to Florida, 50 resumes to Michigan for a sales job. I was like 20 years old. Nobody wanted to give me a sales job. Um, but I landed my first straight commission sales job in Michigan. And uh, that when I, that's when I realized there was actually money to be made in the industry. Um, we, uh, my father's business, we were, uh, you know, we were two jeans in a truck. <laughs> so... Um, we were one of the low bidders. Um, it's just how it was. We worked out of our house. Um, I had never seen an HVAC company that had made money or a plumbing company that had made money. My, my uncle owns a plumbing company. and I've never seen that you know, any wealth really come from the industry until I went over and worked for this other company. Um, and then later, come to find out, I landed 
my job at the most expensive HVAC company in town, and I mean by a lot. Um, they they were 15% higher than anybody close to them, and we had some other higher priced competitors in the area. Um, and uh, so I really cut my teeth the right way in sales in this industry. I had to learn right away how to sell myself, to sell my company, and sell the difference between a good install and what my father and I used to, you know, sell. Um, so, um, and fortunately, I found a man by the name of Charlie Greer, who later became a mentor in my life. Um, I locked onto his system. He introduced me to Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, and all those guys. I'm sure you've heard of them. But after meeting him, Charlie Greer talked him, Eddie. Um, fast forward three and a half years, I've done four million dollars in sales. Um, so I, I was thinking pretty, pretty big of myself at the time because I came from this little town, uh, you know, called Fenton in Michigan, and it's a small town, and we're not around big cities. I didn't know anybody else that was selling over a million bucks a year. So I got bored, and believe it or not, I'm making well over a hundred thousand dollars a year, and I'm bored. I get easy, easily bored. So I started interviewing for car sales jobs, and nobody wanted to hire me. <laughs> They're afraid that I wouldn't make as much money in car sales as I did in HVAC, and then and they were afraid I quit. So I was tired of the cold. One day I just decided to heck with it. I'm going to Florida. So I called Charlie Greer, and he made a telephone call. And in five minutes, I had a company that wanted me, flew me down, um, gave me a signing bonus to come down, and we moved down to Florida. Um, uh, when I when I got to the reason I went down to Florida is because I found other guys to compete with other guys that were selling over a million bucks a year. So um, I mean that was exciting to me. Holy cow! There there are people that are doing more than me. Let me go out and compete with them. Well, the day that I moved down there, the guy I moved to compete with ended up taking a job for a company in Tampa Bay. <laughs> so I had nobody to compete with. Here I was training the the crews. Uh, um, so eight months later, that company out of Tampa poached me as well. And uh, I move up to Tampa Bay. Now, there's a lesson in this for you guys out there that are trying to grow. Um, this company took me um, from this other company. I'm selling over a million bucks a year. And they made uh, a very small five-figure investment, the smallest five-figure investment you can make. Let's put it that way. And I moved and signed a contract with them. They had golden handcuffs on me. And I went to work immediately building a sales team for them. I, I talk to my clients right now, poaching's a bad word for a lot of people, right, because you've been poached, uh, um, but that is the fastest way to grow a company if you've got leads. Go out there and pay somebody to come to work for your company. Um, salespeople, good salespeople, usually spend their money, and uh, it's amazing what how little it takes to actually bring a million-plus dollar producer onto your staff, so take that little nugget with you. Um, it's it's very very effective. So the company I worked uh, with in Tampa Bay was an Airtime 500 company. Hopefully you guys have heard of that, a big consulting company. Um, and man, did I learn a lot there. That that was where I learned that you could become rich in the HVAC and plumbing world. I mean, rich, because I saw rich people. I saw people at dinners buying thousand dollar bottles of wine over and over and over again for the table. Um, it was crazy. Um, so I, I ended up going. There as a sales trainer, became the director of sales uh, a year later, and then a year and a half after that became the general manager. During that time, I was responsible for helping the business grow from a million and a half dollars to eight million dollars over a three and a half period of, year period of time, and I trained on a daily basis between 12 to 42 technicians. 
every single morning. So um, I was hustling it. I mean, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. A lot of you out there feel me. You know what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, along this time, I told the owners that I was considering starting my own business, um, and I gave them a timeline. And uh, I was very, very clear about my timeline. It was going to be at least a year and a half before I started my business. And I, excuse me, I decided to go take the contracting exam, the test, um, without the books or anything, just to go see what was on it. And uh, I did not plan on passing the test. So I go to the testing facility. I sit down all day. I take this test. And lo and behold, I accidentally passed this test. I passed the contractor's exam. I passed the law. I passed it all. And I walk out of there stunned. Just can't believe it. Well, imagine my dismay when two, two three weeks later, the boss find, finds out that I passed my exam. I don't know how he did, because I didn't have my license. Um, but uh, next thing you know, bam, I'm fired. Yeah. I'm out on my butt. Um, and I told him, listen, guys, I'm not ready to start my business. I've been paying off all my bills. I don't have any money in the bank. Uh, and on top of that, I just had a five-week-old baby boy. I just signed a new lease. I was planning on staying there and helping them continue to build this company. And on top of that, um, my wife had just had major surgery with the baby. I had a non-compete that was a 50-mile non-compete. I mean, I'm like, holy cow. My world is rocked, um, and uh, and I don't know what to do. I don't want to go to work for another HVAC company because you know ours. We just built this from a million and a half to eight eight million in, in three and a half years. And frankly, I'd learned a lot of great stuff in the meantime, and I didn't want to have to start over retraining another contractor who was a year and you know a million two million dollar guy. Um, it might sound arrogant, but I was like, just too much work. Um, and I said, you know, if I'm going to do that for somebody else. I might as well just buckle down and figure out how to do this myself. And fortunately, I had been doing a radio show for the company that I was with. A one hour long radio show where I'd get on with a, somebody else and me, and we would just BS about air conditioning for, you know, an hour or so. But throughout that time, I started to develop um, tactics strategies, things that would work that would help to get the phone to ring. So I started pulling in, you know, 10, 12 customers a week with this show and they were happy as a pig and poop. I mean, they're, they're excited. Um, not only are we branding now, but we've got a call to action. We're bringing in leads. So that's what I had been doing the, the two years prior. So now I'm fired. I, I've got $100 between four bank accounts. This is no joke. $100 between four bank accounts. This is I'm paying off all my bills, right? Every week it comes in. I'm feeling so good. Salespeople don't—they um, don't save that money, right? That's what you're saying. No, oh no. Um, so, um, I'm I'm driving home. I've got a 20-minute drive home, and I'm trying to decide what am I going to tell my wife. So, <laughs> I walk through the door, and there's my beautiful wife nursing my uh, my newborn son. And I looked at her, and I said, "We're moving to Fort Myers." And she said, "What?" I said, we're moving back to Fort Myers. I said, I was fired. And she said, how could they do that to you? She says, we've got a baby. We, we just signed a 12-month lease. We, we're planning on being here. And I said, babe, it doesn't matter. Um, they said my services are no longer needed. I couldn't convince them to keep me. Um, I showed them that I found $100. <laughs> um, and uh, they said, uh, you know, we're just not going to take the risk. So. I said, uh, we're all in. 
And she looked at me. Within two seconds, she said, okay. Um, and I think it was that okay when I said, it, you know, we're all in. I think that's really what gave me the last bit of confidence I needed to go out there and do what I had to do. Um, so I said to my wife, honey, I need you to go online, apply for as many credit cards as you can get. I'm going to do the same thing, and uh, I'm going to go down to the dealership right now and buy two trucks before the banks realize that I don't have a job. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I figured I could get enough money on credit cards to hopefully live for the next month or two or three until I got my license, because getting your license is not necessarily easy if you don't have a professional do it. I found that out the hard way. Um, I went three months almost without any money coming in, and uh, so I lived on credit cards. Um, but there's, there is a a little moral here. Um, when I committed, I took massive action. And if any of you out there follow Grant Cardone's, you know, some of you like him, some of you don't, I'm sure, but they talk about massive action, taking massive action in your business. Taking massive action is what you're going to have an opportunity to do today, tomorrow, the next day, every day that you get up. And that's going to be the difference between you rising to the top or staying with the rest of the people and just complaining about things for the rest of your life. So um, let's talk about the odds. You know, my odds, I had three things that were going in my favor. Um, number one, I had great credit, right? Because I was paying off all my debt. That was why I didn't have any money. Um, I was a sales trainer. I knew that I could train salespeople and that I was a good salesman. And I was a radio show talk host, a talk show radio host. Um, I, I knew how to make the telephone ring. So I knew that if I could make the telephone ring, I could at least go out and make the sales for now, and that I had enough credit to buy a truck or two. So I, I, I said, okay, so there's, the, there's the, the odds. That's what's in my favor. And then I look at the risks, and I'm like, you know, I could go broke. But how much broker can you be? <laughs> then, you know, $100 between four bank accounts. Um, you know, I was broke, but I guess at, at the time, it didn't seem like I had that much to lose because I knew how to sell. Um, um, and then I was starting a family simultaneously. Like three, four years later, Charlie Greer said to me, Gene, you realize that you've just done like the, the two most stressful things that you can pretty much do in life. You've gotten, you've gotten married, you've, you've had a kid, and you've started a business at the exact same time that you had a kid. Those two things are like top of the list. I didn't realize it, but he was right. Um, but it's made me a, a much stronger person today. So you combine those two. Um, there was a lot of risk. There really was. Um, but the good news is that it worked. We committed. We took that massive action. And the very first radio show that I ran, it was a back-to-back two-hour show, hour-to-hour. Um, we generated 27 leads, 27 requests for maintenance on customers' air conditioning systems. Um, and we had an amazing offer, and I'm going to tell you about that just a little bit later. It was one of the keys. Um, so move forward, fast forward a little bit, 18 months later, I paid off, I mean, I think we took out, it was over 20 credit cards. Hmm. Over 20 credit cards, it was over $70,000 in debt once we added the trucks. Wow. Um, but we, we ended up adding, at that point, 18 months later, we were five trucks strong. Uh, we added one truck every three months for five years. Amazing. Um, and all of that was based on the success of our radio shows. All of it. I mean, I did maybe a combined total of $50,000, $60,000 worth of advertising and other things over the six-year period. Maybe. 
Um, but so here, here were some of the keys. All right, the keys for when you're generating a thousand or two thousand new customers a year. I, I just cannot, I cannot tell you this too much. This is the common denominator I see when I travel across the country. Um, daily communications, daily sales training. Guys, we train five days a week. Five days a week for the first four and a half years until my guys had finally, I mean, some of the guys that had been there, they were core guys, they're like, Gene, let us go to four days a week. Let us do some of the training. Let's train, let us train these guys. Let's just cut back a little bit. And we cut back to four days a week. Um, but I, when I grew the other company, it was five days a week. We were in there every single day for an hour in the morning, role playing. And was it mandatory? No. But if you didn't come, guess what? You didn't make it very long because you weren't selling. You weren't succeeding. Let's face it, guys that turn wrenches don't typically have the sales technique, the sales knowledge, the sales acumen um, that they need to. Um, so I knew that I needed to constantly be training these guys on what to say and we would role play, role play, role play, role play and they had pre-planned presentations that they would have to role play in front of the room word for word. I mean this is the boiler room. You know, you're ni we're nice to you and everything in the boiler room but there's, there's nerves, serious nerves. So, um, but you get over that so quickly, and my guys ended up being bulletproof before long. Um, throughout the, uh, the the time that I was in business, I spent 1.3 million dollars of my own money on these radio shows, on these radio spots, and they led to over 15 million dollars in revenue while we were in build business. Not too shabby. Um, no, it was. And here's here's the ticket. <laughs> here's what people don't know: over 12 million of that was UV lights and capacitors and hard starts and surge protectors and, and stuff. We, we didn't even sell air conditioners for the first two years I was in business. Hmm. Didn't even sell air conditioners. And the last year we only did a million dollars in replacements. So that's all service revenue guys. I mean all service revenue and you know it's higher, higher GP. Um, and if we had tried, man, um, if we'd ever tried to sell equipment, we just sold equipment as a necessity whenever it broke. We never had a company that went out and really chased the replacement. So I know that a lot of you guys are out there just shaking your heads on that one. Hmm. Um, so look, at the end of the day, um, if you end up implementing some of the things that I'm going to show you, um, you're going to have more leads, guys. You're going to have more sales than you could ever want. You're not going to have to worry about not having enough leads or experimenting or wasting money on things that don't work. Um, I mean, just think about what would it be like if I didn't have to worry about the weather? If I didn't have to worry about, is it going to get hot enough? Is it going to get cold enough? Will we have snow? Am I going to have service calls? Am I going to be able to pay the bills? Forget all that. What I'm going to show you works every single week. All right, it's consistent. Doesn't matter what the weather's doing. When I get on the radio and I give my spiel, my pitch, the phones ring. My my business was weatherproof. Absolutely amazing. Um, I couldn't have done it without this. Um, and then I want you to think of as we go by, as we go through this. I want you to think about how your life might be different if you were able to generate a thousand new customers a month, two thousand new customers a month. No, no sorry. A two thousand or a thousand, a thousand or two thousand a year, a thousand or a hundred or two hundred a month. I mean, it's this is the potential here. Um, let's talk about the results and the proof. Uh, first, there's my air conditioning company. This is the, all I did. All I did was uh, radio marketing, one hour 
uh, infomercials. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. Uh, we were the top 100 fastest growing contractors in America. We were actually 59th place, 59th fastest growing construction company. Wow. In all industries, all trades in construction, 59th fastest growing company in the country. Um, and then, and you know the other stuff. Let's talk about one of our clients. Uh, I was given permission to actually share the name of the company today. Um, in 2015, their revenues were $600,000. They partnered with me. They called me in, in uh, December. And they got on our fast track program, which is not the full training package. Um, and uh, the, there is a full training package where I actually come out and train your technicians. But they just went with the fast track, the cheapest way to go. And um, 2016, now, today, they're pacing at over $3 million. Unbelievable. I talked to the owner, Eric, the other day, and he said it was January or June 7th. He said they'd already done over $100,000. Guys, that's two months revenue. I mean, no, sorry. Yeah, that's two months revenue from the prior year in the first week of June. I mean, nuts. And their, their lead flows, and I, I told them it, this was what it was going to be. We can tell you how many leads are going to come in. Um, his lead flows between 25 to 50 leads per week. We have had um, one week, I think, we were at 21, and the other week we were at 55. But this is the wave pattern. This is what we see. 25 to 50 leads per week consistently year-round. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that for your business? Like, I mean, this is something you can build a foundation on. It's something you can build a business around it. Um, there are companies that are popping up all over the country that are using this system to start because it's a foundational system. Um, we helped launch Benjamin Franklin Las Vegas uh, last, uh, what was it, e not Easter, Thanksgiving. Um, the owner's a friend of mine now, worked a little bit with him in his one hours out in uh, Arizona, and uh, he said, hey, I've got this Vegas branch uh, we're launching. How about you be a part of the launch? So um, I, we were privileged enough to be able to partner with them. And uh, they're getting somewhere between 15 to 25 leads per weekend, depending on the week. Um, and we've sold 18 markets so far. There are 18 markets around the country out of 114 markets that uh, we have designated that we will go into um, that are sold, that are functioning. So this, this process works in plumbing and HVAC? Oh, yeah. Well, I should probably, uh, should probably go back to that. Um, this... Uh, the owner of this Benjamin Franklin, um, I worked for, I only did this for HVAC, and um, I had never done it for plumbing, and I just kept getting plumber after plumber after plumber. I go, come on, Gene, man, you got to do a plumbing show. Now the Sparkies are coming at me. Electricians <laughs> are asking for a show. Um, so my, my friend, he says, I said, yeah, I'll create a show for you. You're willing to take the risk. I'm willing to go ahead and do the writing, put in the time. I lock myself in my office for a little over a week, no distractions, no cell phones, no Facebook, none of that stuff. And uh, I'd had a conversation with my mentor, Charlie Greer, about plumbing and wrapped with him for about an hour and a half. And then that, that next week, I just, I just cranked it out. I had three or four different um, drafts. We launched it, and boom. I mean, it was just an immediate success. It was every bit as good, if not better, than my HVAC show. Nice. Um, and that, that plumbing show, it focuses on you know, water treatment. It focuses on you know, um, all of the you know, draining your water heater. All the things we would do in a maintenance and inspection, but we really, really focus on water quality. Um, you, should we stop and take a, a, a question or two if we have any, Josh? Or yeah, absolutely. Let's see. 
any questions so far? I think, you know, at this point, Gene shared a lot about his story, his background, kind of the success that he experienced. I think a lot of this is, is great foundational stuff. So we, we do want to keep it interactive. If anyone has any questions, post them in the question box. Otherwise, we'll just we'll keep going. I think people are excited. And you can keep you can write your question as we keep going too. We'll just keep looking for it. Yep. So let's just move on while we're waiting for anybody if they do have a question. So look, guys, um, I'm the the results that we're getting are not typical, right? They're not typical, and um, they just because I make the phone ring doesn't mean that the results that I've experienced or the results that Blue Star or anybody else is experiencing are going to be typical for you. Fact of the matter is that um, it's a system. And you have to work it, all right. If you you, you can't, can't just can't just go out there generate leads and then not invest in sales training. I, I don't get it when when contractors when we invest in marketing but we don't invest in sales training. I mean that's it's just like driving around with a hole in your gas tank. I mean you're just you're not going to ever get rich that way. And I don't know about you, but when I wake up in the morning, um, I'm not coming to work. You know. For any reason other than the fact that I enjoy making money at this, you know, if period. I mean, we, we get out of bed to, to make money. So uh, please understand that that my results are not typical because the average person who gets training doesn't implement any of it. That's why sales trainers get to continue to sell you the same stuff over and over again because nobody applies it. It's an eighty twenty rule, right? So you, as a business owner will have to be that 20%. You will have to make sure that you're holding your people accountable for doing the things that the system tells us we have to do. Um, and I'll, I'll share all of the stuff in the system with you, but you've got to make sure that your people turn in specific pieces of paperwork that you ask for every single day or you don't pay them. Things like that. I mean, people have to be held accountable. Um, so that's how this system will work for you. Um, so most people get zero results, um, but I'm going to show you what's been working for me, what has worked for me. Um, this is not a get-rich-quick approach, people. It's not for the people who are, you know, wanting to build a home business or, or people are not willing to commit. Uh, you're going to have to commit. Okay. So, Gene, there's a there's a question here, and I think it's a good one. And they're they're asking whether the technicians are commissioned or performance pay. The the guys that you were on your team as you built your company to the Inc. Five Thousand. Um, my technicians were paid to go out and do the tune-up, but outside of being paid to do that tune-up a flat rate, um, they were commissioned. Good, good. And I think he, he was, John, he's going to be touching on that a little bit more as we go, but, but great question. And then Dino's asking... Performance, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Performance pay, is, performance pay is the only way that you're... My opinion, <laughs> it's the only way I've ever been able to get results out of people. Otherwise, guys just turn the wrench and then they sit back. You just never get, unless they have a piece of the action, they'll never, and a good piece of the action. You gotta pay them well. Give them a, give them a carrot, man. And, um, and then in the mornings you train them on what to say. That way they're not going out there being con artists, dripping people off. That's where commission people get in trouble. They just offer a big commission and then they don't offer any training to go along with it. Mm. You gotta train people how to make sales, otherwise they're forced into just going out there and making stuff up. And that's how a lot of people end up lying to customers, and that's how a lot of people get on 2020. Yeah. Good, good, good point. And there's another question here from Dino. He's saying, uh, what's your contact information? This is based on territories. Is my territory open? Dino, we'll follow up with you after um, you'll get all of Gene's contact information. 
but um, I'm sure that's a question a lot of you are going to have. And um, and yes. Cool. All right. So um, what what are we going to cover? I'm going to break it down for you right now. Okay. So you're probably going to want to get your pens out and start taking some additional notes. Um, first thing we're going to cover is the right strategy to get your foot in the door, um, and and how you're going to bring in those additional sales. Um, how you can drive more leads with radio in a weekend than you can by the internet in a month. Um, is that a dig? Is that a Josh? Is that a dig at me, Gene? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah, I'm just teasing. Um, and then. Listen, we're going to cover a system to upsell and re retain your customers, all right? Because, look, um, we all get in the door with these, uh, um, you know, discounted service called this or discounted tune-up that. Bottom line is that we cannot sell enough. We can't, we can't charge enough for a maintenance agreement in order to make a profit, uh, let alone an, an initial tune-up make a profit. I mean, the federal government says, I think last time I checked, it was something like 57 cents a mile. Um, it costs just to drive a truck. So we're going to burn up all the fuel and everything. We'll burn up our, our special offer before the tech even gets in the door. So you have to have a system to upsell. To And, and upselling is not a bad word, okay? It's just doing a needs analysis. You go through the house, you find out what are the things that they need, what are the things they'll need in the near future, and then, and, hey, what are the things that would be nice to have? All right, that's a process for upselling. You put those three things in different categories on a piece of paper, and now you've got, you know, a process. And uh, and we'll go over that with you as well. So starting with number one, the right strategy for getting your foot in the door, and um, how we're doing it. Uh, number one, our strategy is to connect with a broad audience before they are in an emergency state. Okay, we we're all we all know that um, most of our customers. Sorry about this. Guy, most of our customers call us in a panic a lot of times, and so um, you know we've got to be Johnny on the spot. It's expensive to run a service business. All right, it's a little bit less expensive to run a business that's based on service that you can schedule, right? And the type of calls that that we get from our radio shows are maintenance calls. So they're not people that have got an, oh my gosh, the house is burning down, you got to come right now, and if you don't, I'm going to trash you on the internet. Um, no, they're people that are willing to wait for our service. Um, and uh, look, there are hundreds of thousands of homeowners in your area. If I mean, if you're calling from an area, we normally work in areas that are 400,000 people and more. There's That's a lot of people, okay? And they are in need of your services whether they realize it or not. A lot of them don't even know that they're in need of your services. And you can create that demand. You can get your foot in the door a lot faster and more consistently um, than waiting for them to look you up online. But you've got to get a message out there in front of them. Um, so we utilize AM talk radio to do this. Uh, right? Forgive me here. Bam. Um, so the reason we use AM talk radio mostly, um, and we use some other forms of radio, is that those listeners are habitual. They come back over and over and over again. Okay, And when we use radio, we can stimulate interest in our services without it being an emergency. Now, guys, I'm not talking about 30 or 60 second spots. I'm talking about a one hour long spot. We're going to talk a little bit more about the one hour long spot, but it's... It's either 30 or 60 minutes where we've got uninterrupted airtime, where we can tell a story, where we can paint a picture for the customer. All right? 
a picture of their in their mind. And for HVAC, a lot of times we're talking about indoor air quality. Um, we're talking about um, stimulating some sort of pain that they don't even know that they have um, through getting them educated through on what can grow in their system, maybe um, about. Uh, duct leakage and, and the negative effects on their health as far as that's concerned and how it makes them you know pay more money on energy bills. So we're talking about some education here um, but we, we focus a lot on the indoor air quality because again it's a hot button for people. It makes them move. It makes them pick up the phone. And then on the plumbing maintenance water side we're talking about maintenance property damage. What happens when you've got those rubber hoses behind your washing machine and you come home and they're doing the, the happy dance <laughs> and you flood it out um, and and um, we talk about what a technician should do on a maintenance while we're out there. Um, so we paint this picture of what they should be getting, and most of the time from their existing service company, if they if they have one, they're not getting all this stuff from them. <laughs> they're not getting somebody spending seventy-five to ninety minutes out there really combing through their system, making a list, being thorough. Okay. So once we once we have made the offer, we'll talk a little bit more about making the offer later. We want to make an irresistible offer. All right. We used to do a two hundred and or it was one hundred and eighty nine dollar maintenance for twenty nine ninety five. That was like our staple go to one hundred eighty nine dollar maintenance twenty nine ninety five. People loved it. Um, but I got to back up just a little bit and let you know when I started my business, the first eighteen months, I did them for free. I did them for free. You say you must be crazy going out there and doing them for free. Um, well. My average ticket was $1,032 without selling equipment. Think about that. Yeah. Go out for free. They just want something for free, right? Remember that next time your technicians say that it was a bad lead, right? Um, it's all them, dude. It is all about what these people owed me nothing when I got there. Not a thing. And they it all look at me. This is free, right? Oh, yeah, it's free. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. I'm going to make a list of what's right with your system. If I find anything that it's, you know should cause you any challenges in the future, you want me to share that with you? Yeah, absolutely. Bam, I'm off to the races. $1,032 at 65 to 70% gross margins. You do the math. Hmm. Okay. So you have to have that process to upsell the customer once you're in the home. And upselling is not a bad thing. It is helping them get what they need and what they want. All right? As long as you're doing it the right way, as long as you're doing it ethically, um, and I'm gonna re I'm gonna come back to this one, guys. You have got to train, train, train your technicians. You got to role play in the mornings. You got to do it. You don't have a choice. Just do it. Um, and using this strategy, you can literally create customers out of thin air. Customers that had no desire to have a HVAC or plumbing contractor come out to their house yesterday, listening to this program, and they're like, man. This guy sounds like he knows what I'm he's talking about. I should probably give him a call. Absolutely amazing. I, and then we have people that listen for two years before they call. They tune in every single week. Absolutely crazy. I've been listening to you guys for two years. What do you think that calls like when the technician goes out? You think there's some trust built? Just think about it. Just think about that trust. What if they only listen for two weeks? What if they only listen to one show? They call because there's trust built up there, guys. So this show it tears down the walls that us as contractors a lot of times have got a hurdle in order to get new business through the door. All right. Um, so I thought, I thought what was really what was really cool about about Secret One, Gene, 
is it kind of represents a, a paradigm shift from just saying, okay, we're going to wait for the AC to break or wait for the plumbing to break and get those people to call us to let's insert ourselves and create demand and position a problem in the mind of our customer's eyes so that they say, oh man, wait, what this guy's talking about, I might have that issue with my water. I might have that issue with my HVAC system yeah. and generate calls yeah. in a thin ear instead of waiting for them to be in an emergency state. What you said, I just, I, I thought that was a powerful insight from Secret One. Um, any any questions on this, guys? You know, the whole concept of creating a foot in the door as opposed to just waiting for the customer to have an urgent need. A lot of people talk about educating the customer. I hate that word. I hate, hate, hate the word educating. I prefer um, what my mentor says, and that's you have to enlighten them, right? Mm. Um, educating seems to me like talking at a customer. But we, I enlighten them through education by asking them questions. Did you know this? Did you know that? Um, and they don't turn me off like Charlie Brown's teacher. You know what I mean? Nice. Should we uh, should we move on? Yeah, let's let's dive into the let's dive into cool. the next section. Secret number two, guys, you can actually drive more leads with radio in a weekend than you can via the internet in a month. It really, really, truly is a fact. Um, most plumbing and uh, HVAC business owners, like myself, they you know before this. They think that radio is extremely expensive and it won't drive an ROI. And guys, I've got to tell you, you're right in 99% of the instances. Um, I actually, you remember earlier I said I almost went broke <laughs> as an HVAC contractor. It was because of a bad radio deal. Uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing so great, doing my block programs, doing these radio shows, and then I get sold by my radio advertiser a $30,000 package for 30 and 60 second spots. They're telling me this is going to kick butt too, right? Um, and uh, that was for a three-month campaign, 30 grand, 10 grand a month. I mean, I'm, I'm already making money. I'm like, heck, radio's working. Boy, did, uh, did I run into a brick wall on that one. I mean, I got slaughtered. I barely, barely made it out with my shirt. Um, and, and at a point, I told I had to tell the radio company um, they didn't want to they didn't want to give me any more airtime. I said I can't I can't pay you off unless you give me more airtime. <laughs> you know, I had to buy another show just to pay off that horrible, miserable investment. So if you've used thirty or sixty second spots, I get it, right? I get free radio spots. I get free fifteen. 30 second infomercials when I or 30 to 15 second commercials when I buy my infomercials so all the stuff that everybody else has, is out there paying for I buy something different and I negotiate some of those in for free and I do actually make some of those uh, perform but nothing like uh, nothing like what uh, my radio infomercials do so look guys if you're out there you're skeptical about radio I get it I've been there done that I got my butt handed to me too no, no need for us to all dwell on it anymore. Let's move past it and show you something that actually works. 60-minute um, infomercials. Could be 30, but most of them are 60s. Um, it is a way to generate instant, I mean like instant results. The very first time that I get on the radio, doesn't matter what city it is, doesn't matter where it is, the very first time I get on radio, the very first time I give the telephone number out, we get calls. Because I'm using proven a proven script. Um, and then think about this. I've got one city um, that got 55 new customers in 54 minutes. 54-minute radio show. Um, think about that efficiency for a minute. 
just think about it. 55, I mean, you're, don't you, if to get 55 calls, don't you usually have to wait all week or all month to do that, and then your CSR, whoever it is, they're, they're pounding out, uh, you know, data entry stuff, and then the phone rings, and they've got to switch into CSR, super salesperson mode, and book that appointment, because all they saw was the number on a, you know, a card, and now they want you to do some explaining when, you know, dis describe your service. I've already described the service when they're calling in, and most of the time, I'm limiting the offer, so they're racing to the phone, trying to be one of the first five or six or seven people that actually get the offer that I'm giving out. Mm. Think about how efficient that is to be able to get all your calls right now. Now, it creates a staffing problem, right? But there are problems to every solution, um, and there's not one that we ran into that we weren't able to get past. But think about that, 55 customers in 54 minutes. Did you ever think that was even possible? The guy that I did that for, I told him I was going to get him somewhere between 25 to 50 calls a week, and he was like, believe it when I see it. And that was the very first show, 55 calls. Very first time. Think about that, guys. Launching an advertising campaign, and in the very first hour, getting that many customers. <clears throat> These radio programs, the, the difference between the 60 and the 30 second spots is that they give us an opportunity to create or establish a need that didn't currently exist and then drive that need, continue to pound it. You can't do that in a 60 second spot. You've got a limited amount of time. You're talking like the micro machine man to try to get your message out. Right on a 60 minute spot, I can, I can afford some silence. I can afford to make a point and then let it sink in for a customer. Get it? Mm. Um, types of stations that we use, uh, number one, in my book is conservative talk radio. Um, think about it, the Rush Limbaugh stations, the Glenn Betts, the Sean Hannity's, um, that's a loyal listening and a loyal following. And think about those people. What, 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 do you, what do you think about conservative people? Now, if you're liberal, it's fine, but think about what I'm saying here. Conservative talk radio typically draws people with more money, right? We want that middle to upper income, 35 to 65, middle to upper income, and that's what we're targeting there with conservative talk radio. Um, sports radio, country works well, and Christian talk also works uh, for this type of uh, advertising. Um, and then you've got to figure out, listen, here's part of the secret, figuring out what to say. You want to talk about maintenance, you want to talk about how to make it last longer, right? Um, you want to talk about saving them money by avoiding replacements and avoiding having a, a coil go out on them or, or some of the things that, you know, if a starter goes out or a contactor goes out, that can take out a compressor. You could talk about that. You could talk about inspecting heat exchangers. Um, you want to talk about common pitfalls. You know, the fact that uh, it's, it's, not, it's not nice, but the fact of the matter is that number one and number two trades being taught in the prisons today and have been uh, taught for quite a while now, I mean, it's plumbing and air conditioning. So why not shine a light on that. Some people have got mixed opinions about it, but I'll tell you what, it makes the phone ring, regardless of what you think about it. Um, talk about indoor air quality concerns. Talk about molds, okay? Talk about uh, allergens. Talk about what they do to the body. Um, talk about allergens and antihistamines and medicines that you've got to take in order to combat those. Talk about the side effects of those. Um, talk about the appearance of your technician. 
what it should look like when they roll up in front of the uh, the house and they're moving, you know, warehouse on wheels. Um, how it's going to be marked and labeled, and they're going to be clean cut, and they're going to show up in uniform, the shoe covers, and I mean the whole spiel, right? You want to get all that out there. What they should expect when the guy shows up. Um, let them know that you're going to park in the street, not in the driveway. You're going to start the call off just by respecting their property and respecting them. And then have certain times throughout the show where you stop and you give them an opportunity to become a member of the family. Um, let them know they can go out and play yellow page roulette if they want, but uh, you know to try to find all the things that you've been promising them on the air. Uh, but if they want to save a little bit of time and save some money, they can call right now. Um, so that's 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 the guts, if you will, of secrets. Um, but it also includes uh, some of the other steps. Um, how do you buy the the media, right? How do you negotiate good rates and stuff? And really, the only thing I can tell people on this is to ask for the discount. When they give you a number, if they, they ask you for a budget, tell them there is no budget right now. Uh, we haven't even formed a budget. We're just looking to figure out what it's going to cost us to get online, and we'll be able to make a decision very quickly. Um, and uh, ask for a discount, and then ask for another one, and then ask for another one after that. Just keep asking for discounts until you get enough practice under your belt, enough time goes by to where you know what you should pay for a one-hour slot in a, a, you know in your area. Um, for me, I know what I should pay for a one-hour slot in a, uh, a city that's got 700,000 people. It's just I've got a formula in my head. I know based on experience. And so then, they're, they're always going to kind of highball you, right? No matter what they say, you got to continue to beat them up till you get to a price... That makes sense. Yeah, I overpaid for way too much radio in the first two or three years of my my, uh, my career. Overpaid big. I mean, to a point where um, when I finished, when I finished, I was literally. Now there were some things with the economy and everything that went. It's it's something that I haven't mentioned is that I started all this the moment that the economy crashed. I mean, seven seven months into my business was when we had the big crash. And this 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 strategy launched me through the entire recession. Nice. We grew every single day through the recession. Every day. Um, so I, I forgot to mention that. Um, but uh, as far as negotiating is concerned, once you've learned the dance with the radio stations, um, get yourself a buyer and then you can have the buyer handle a lot of the back and forth for you if you want. But understand that that's going to cost you 10 to 15 percent on top of you know, whatever it is the radio station gives them. And that's just industry standard. Sometimes it helps to have those guys, though. You don't have to be the bad guy. Um, and then look, um, get ready. Because once the, uh, the the time is set, once you've got your script and everything down, once you are, you know, you, you've practiced it and everything, and you go on air, be ready for the calls that come in. Um, when my shows run, you know, I let people know exactly how many people they want to have uh, manning the telephone that day. Um, and then you also want to make sure that you record everything that comes in from that telephone number. Um, you want to have a resource where you can go back and listen to those recordings because what's, what happens, I mean, if I, if I give out a number in Dallas, I could get 10 telephone calls right now, instantly, right now. Think about that. You've got to have a strategy to handle all those calls. Get on and off the phone in 30 seconds. If the phone's still ringing, 
get on and off. My guy at the studio used to just take my name, their name, their city, and their telephone number. Name, city, telephone number, and then I would call. I would go back to my office after my show, and I would pound the phones for six to seven hours, and I would call them. Here's another key: call them six to seven times that first day, once an hour, once an hour on anything that gets missed, anything that doesn't get booked. Call them, call them, call them. Eventually, I promise you, they might get annoyed, but they'll pick up that phone. They're just ignoring you for right now. Um, you have to be persistent. Seventy-eight percent of salespeople don't even follow up. I mean, it's it's insane. Your first forty-eight hours after you get the telephone call determines your destiny. Determines the destiny of your business. Um, I don't know if any of you out there have seen um, the first forty-eight on the Crime Channel, but the premise of the show is that if a, a detective doesn't get a good lead, a good solid lead within the first forty-eight hours of a homicide, um, they never solve the case, um, or or it's rare that they solve the case. Um, I would tell you that I stimulate emotions on these radio shows that make people call. And if you're getting people to call, it's because you've stimulated an emotion. And that emotion goes away pretty quickly. Alright? So you want to get right on that lead if you missed it, if, if you know something happened. Follow up, follow up, follow up. The first 48 hours is key. It's harder and harder to get them booked every single day that goes by. Alright? So that's that is huge. That, and that, what, that, that ends up uh, kind of bringing us to the end of the second secret. I know that was a big, long, multiple secrets inside of there. Well, I think that was you know, a lot of powerful insights there. And it all comes down to you know, creating the message, you know, which is you got to think it through, choosing the radio stations you're going to be on, negotiating with those stations to make sure you don't overpay. If you take the first price, you're going you're gonna to get gouged. And and then making sure you're ready to handle the calls when they come in. So powerful stuff there. A couple questions did come in. I don't know, Gene, do we have time for a couple questions? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I've got so, time. So we got a question here from, from Dino, and he's asking, um, do you write the scripts for these shows? How often do these shows happen? Uh, yes, I write the scripts for the shows, and the shows air weekly. The block programming that we're talking about, the one-hour one spots, um, it's rare to find an advertiser that will sell you less than 13 weeks. Um, in the bigger cities where they're, they're, this advertising is in demand, they can demand 52-week contracts occasionally. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not that common, but um, and we can usually fight against it. Obviously, we've got all the, all the experience negotiating. We'll go, come on, guys, seriously, give us a break. You know? So we can, we can play that bad guy. So, Dino, I mean, obviously, Gene, as a programmer, he can write the script for you. He can record it. He can do all of that. Or just using some of the insights he shared here, you right. can you can write your own script, right, and go to the studio and have it recorded either Absolutely. on your own. Um, so, But great, great question. Another question someone asked, and I'm not sure if this is on a market-by-market -market basis, but someone asks, how much do you typically pay for an hour uh, of radio advertising time? I have um, I have places where I pay sixty five bucks an hour, oh, wow. and then I have I have places that that charge five thousand an hour. It depends on the population. It depends mm -hmm. on the reach of the station. It depends on how in demand it is. Um, but what what you can be sure of is that whatever number they give me, I'm going to work to uh, to get it down as much as possible. Great, good questions, guys. Keep keep them coming. This is what we want. It kind of. If you're having the question in your mind, there's probably others that have that same question. Uh, what I'm seeing here from, it looks like Mel, is asking, how does the 
the election cycle impact radio costs. So something about all of the all of the election ads that are buying up the radio time does that impact the cost? Uh, well, I would say that um, I have not seen a major impact on my business uh, as far as that's concerned. No, but I think a lot of that is because we we know how to buy radio. I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years. I've been doing these radio shows for 10 years. I know how to buy it. I just know what it's worth. And yeah, this there's um, there is more demand right now, but if you know how to buy it, it you're not going to get uh, you're not going to get gouged. But uh, the other the other great thing about the political cycle is that it is bringing more eyes to the radio stations. They're coming back more often. We have more opportunities to be in front of them to do branding and everything like that. So You're right, been, yeah. They're listening, they're listening to, to Fox. You know, they're listening to the radio and trying to hear what's going on. There has never, ever been a better time than right now. Nice. There really hasn't. It's never been a better time. Okay, so another good question here from Craig. And Craig, thanks for joining us. I'm excited to have you on this on the call today. Um, he's saying, if the infomercials run on the week end did you say that your staff your call center on the week end to take the calls um so he's just concerned about how those calls get answered if you don't have a staff that's available on the weekends yeah nobody's going to love on your customers like your own people will um and uh i did we did saturday was a normal work day for us um so i actually had an answering service because i didn't some of my shows ran early and my people were working and you got overtime and you got all this other stuff and really just happy employees is important you know um so i had an answering service that would take the calls and immediately batch them over so they'd get three or four pieces of information batch them over to my whoever was at home or wherever answering the phones or booking appointments and they would call them immediately so they'd get batches of like four or five customers every time I gave out the telephone numbers they'd have to call them. Um, now, I do recommend if you can, if you have the ability to staff the phones live and answer them live, but even if you don't have an answering service, I've got, um, I've got a, one in Virginia Beach that's got 300 people under the roof, and they can actually book appointments. Um, again, it's sometimes you're talking to somebody who's really great, and then sometimes you're talking to Lurch yeah. from the Adams family, you know? So it can affect the success. It can affect your cost, cost per lead. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of questions, and I know that we were kind of short on time, but I do want to try and get to these because they seem like really good questions. So thank you guys for Go putting ahead. these in here. Um, let's see. Ron's asking what time of day and what days of the week tend to perform best. Saturday and Sundays is when this type of programming is available. During the week, uh, these radio stations have got the Rush Limbaugh's and the Glenbeck's and Sean Hannity's on them. It's rare to find weekday times. I have, but it's rare. Um, and 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. is my preference. Okay. They, 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 they'll they sell you a block at 5 a.m., but um, I've not found a market where I really got a great return out of a 5 a.m. slot. Some 6 a.m.'s work. Um, and then even later on Saturday can work, but um, I try to stay between 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Great. Great clarification. There's a lot here, guys. If we didn't get to it, I'll make sure that, that Gene sends you an email afterwards. But there's one I thought that was pretty good. So if this is a weekly show, are you like going to the studio every week and creating a new program, or how does that work? Nope, not at all. Um, I, uh, I learned the hard way that... Um, Going in and creating fresh content every week is not actually what pays the bills. 
Um, there's a guy named, by the name of Larry Wingett that I always laugh about. Most people don't know him, but he's the world's only irritational speaker. Think about that for a minute. World's only irritational speaker. Um, what he says irritates you, but he, he just tells it like it is. Um, he doesn't baby. He doesn't candy coat it at all. Um, he's just factual. Um, but um, Larry Wingett says it's easier to give a new audience than it is to give a new speech. Um, let that one sink in for a minute. It's get a speech that people want to hear. You can sell it over and over and over again. Mm. That speech keeps selling. But you can, you know, there are some books that don't sell, some speeches that don't sell. And I did a lot of speeches that didn't sell. <laughs> when I listened to the radio stations, I, 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 I messed up because they were telling me, get some fresh content, get some fresh content. No, I needed content that worked. Um, and to prove my point, I actually ran the same show on one of my stations. Uh, it was an ESPN station, Saturday and Sunday, 7 a.m. to 8 uh, a.m. for five years. She ran the same show every single time for five years. It's 500 times I ran that show. Wow. And it produced every single weekend. I couldn't believe it. I just And it was a patched-together show, believe it or not, because I patched the telephone numbers into it, and you could clearly tell it was a different recording. That's um, um that's great but I was just, clarification. I was so blown out. I was just so blown away by it, I didn't want to change it. <laughs> if, it <laughs> if it works, and, and, and so guys, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to recreate the, the, the radio program every time. The, the critical factor is, does it perform well, I think is what Gene's saying. Right. And if it performs well, and you've got a proven winner, then you can run that one on, on perpetual launch, basically, from one, one week to the next. Because there's so many people that are tuning in at different frequencies. Yep, I created that show, and then once I saw it was working on that station, I just threw that that uh, show on every station I was on. Very cool. All right, so two more questions. I know I said we were going to stop, but there's there's just so many coming in. I want to make sure that they, they get answered. So uh, Richard, thanks for joining us. Richard's asking, could this potentially work in a small city of like 100,000 or so people? No. Okay. What will be the kind of the – population threshold that does work? I don't like to go into cities that are under 400,000 people. Okay. I, have been, I have been convinced to do so by uh, two or three contractors and I, I fought it tooth and nail every time and the results were just not acceptable in my eyes. Uh, one, one um, believe it or not, was out in Arizona and it was just, it was so sparsely populated um, and I, I told my friend who's a friend now I said I don't think we should do this man he's like oh come on Gene let's do it I'm like I don't think we should do it man <laughs> he's like let's do it and four weeks into it I was like dude we gotta cancel this we gotta cancel this we gotta get out of this this is this is not working and um, so yeah I just I don't like to go into areas I would say that I mean I would you'd have to twist my arm really hard to go into an area that was smaller than 300,000 people Okay, good. That's great insight, guys. I mean, listen, make sure and, uh, you're in a DMA that supports yeah. this type of program. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people don't even know how many um, people are in their area. Um, best thing to do is to go to krgspec.com. That's k-r-g-spec, S-P-E-C, spec.com. And that is a website uh, that is run by Cats Media Group. They own Clear Channel and iHeartMedia and everything, and um, if you click on the button Markets, and then click um, 
you know, your city in the scroll down, it'll tell you just how many people um, are in the city and the DMA, MSA. So Susan, Susan, a follow-up question to this, and, and we're going to stop with this one. Thank you guys for the great questions. We do definitely need to move on. Um, so Susan's saying, when you say 400,000 people or 300,000 people, are you referring to the city, the metro, the DMA, or the service area? Um, the metro. Okay. M MSA. Whichever one's smaller. There's an MSA and a DMA. I think the DMA is the bigger one. Mm -hmm. The MSA is what I'm looking at. Okay, good. Great questions, guys. I really appreciate your interaction. I'm glad you're, you're, you know, you're asking questions because it's helping everybody. But uh, we definitely need to move on. We'll make sure we leave time at the end to answer any other questions that we haven't addressed yet. Cool. Sounds great. Um, secret number three. All right. You've got to have a system, guys, to upsell and retain the customer. We've talked about this before. Um, and you've got to have a maintenance agreement program. Um, I, I don't get it when somebody hires me to generate a thousand or two thousand new customers a year and they don't have a maintenance agreement program. I just don't get it. You want to lock those people back in for two more appointments so that you don't have to pay them um, you know, to come out again essentially. You're going to have to pay to market that customer again. It's just insanity. Um, so um, let's talk about uh, how we get service calls and everything on uh, on not service calls, but maintenance agreements every time, almost every time. Um, my guys with my service agreement program, we're closing uh, consistently between 70 to 80 percent of these customers on maintenance agreements. Um, but but it was mandatory, uh, this doesn't say, this, I'm going to say the word mandatory, but it was mandatory for my technicians to make a uh, what we call the paper towel close on every single call. It was just a lined sheet of paper that had three things on it. Um, one, the first thing were the things that were mandatory for the customer to do. Um, if we had a capacitor that was below par in our eyes, that was mandatory that they take care of that. Um, service maintenance agreements in our eyes were mandatory. That went on our mandatory list. Um, if they had a contactor that was burnt and pitted, that was a mandatory thing. We Anything that was going to fail on them, possibly before we got on that next visit, um, or anything that was a major health concern, we ended up in the mandatory field. Um, the, so that's the first category. Right underneath that, we would do things that are going to need to be done in the near future. And then underneath that, um, we would list all the stuff that would just be nice to have, the creature comforts, the health stuff. You know, it might be a, a HEPA filtration system. But what, it, what we're doing here is giving the customer something to say no to. All right? They're going to buy the mandatory stuff. Hopefully, they get some of the stuff that uh, they're going to need in the future just to get it out of the way. And then you, you just... You'd be surprised. If you don't quote it, you don't get it, guys. If you don't share with the customer, you don't get it. I can't tell you how many times I made a $10,000 list, and they're like, you take credit cards? And there's not even an air conditioner on there. Hmm. I'm like, uh, heck yeah, we take credit cards. Um, if you set the meeting up correctly, um, and you show them where they're bleeding, or that you show them where they're hurting, they might not even know where they're hurting, but if you show it to them and you present them with these multiple options, you can convert a $59 sale into a you know, $50,000 sale, guys. I had one sale that converted to $123,651. Hmm. Think about that, $123,000. That pays one for sale. some radio advertising. Yeah, yeah, it will, won't it? <laughs> Absolutely nuts. Um, and you convert one-time buyers into multiple multiple buyers. 
and you get referrals from it too. Um, so you've got to have a system to upsell and retain your customers. You've got to use maintenance agreements. As far as maintenance agreements are concerned, look, you can't charge enough for an agreement to be profitable. So, so get over the price of the maintenance agreement. It'd be better for you to give them a free agreement than to pay 100 to 150 bucks for two more leads for two more appointments. If you've got to give them the agreement, give it to them. Some people won't agree with me on there, but um, you've got to make it like they're almost like they're getting such a good deal that they're taking advantage of you, but you know it. All right? They know it that you know it. And see, here's one of the keys. I doubled my maintenance agreement base in 14 months. Uh, using the maintenance agreement program that I had, um, and it was a discounted program, but I made my program so irresistible that my techs actually thought that anybody that didn't sign up was a fool. Now, there's a nugget there. That's powerful. Your, technici your technicians are so sold, they think people are crazy for not doing it. How'd you like that kind of buy-in in your business? What do you think would happen to your maintenance agreements if your technicians felt like people were fools for not getting them? Yeah. If they were taking advantage of you even. Take advantage of me all day long if I've got a $1,032 average ticket with no equipment sales on it. I hope this is connecting. Hope that, um, secret number three, learn about brain science and how it affects your future, guys. I can't get into this. It's too long, but um, do some research on dendrites and affirmations and what they are. It will change the way you're thinking and it'll help you to guide your people to think differently. I wish we could spend about 30 minutes on this. I spend time on this in uh, my two-day classes when a, when a client has us come out for the two-day. Um, but this is absolutely life-changing. We change a lot of lives with this. Um, role play with your, your technicians or have them role play with each other. And listen, some people go, I'm not using that script. Fine, you don't have to use it when you go out in the field, but you are required to memorize it. That was my deal with my technicians. You don't have to use it, but you must memorize it. And what happened is once they memorized it, they became comfortable with it. It started sounding like them. And guess what? They realized it worked a whole lot better than what they were doing going out there and winging it. Um, so I require the memorization. They have to be able to do it word for word from memory. And then it becomes theirs. They start using their own tone, their own inflection. They get really relaxed. I have taken guys that are making $40,000 a year in installation and made them $250,000 a year as selling techs. Hmm. I've got guys that are making three hundred grand a year that I've trained that I've brought up fresh out, not even in this business. They fo you follow the process. Follow the Lead Ninja system. Follow the scripts and stuff that I have. Just memorize them. Um, and then, listen, I, I would require my guys to show proof that they did that three-tiered list, the paper towel close. This is key, guys. This is where you're holding your people accountable. If I can get you nothing nothing else out of this secret number three, it's, it's, it's accountability. My guys had to turn that paper in. It was called a paper towel close. It had all the things that were supposed to be listed on the job, or I mean all the things that they recommended for the customer. And I knew, based on that paperwork, why they didn't have good sales or why they had great sales. You can see it in their paperwork, guys. Um, and my technicians, sometimes they would say, hey, I didn't do a paper towel close for that one. Well, guess what? Until you turn in a paper towel close, you're not getting paid. And they go, well, I didn't do one. Hmm. I'm like, okay, well, then go do one. I would, just, I would allow them to make the paper towel close up again and turn it in and get paid for it, but they had to do it. So what did that do? Eventually, they realized, 
Gene's going to make me do this regardless. I might as well do it. They start using it. Next thing you know, bam. They're making more sales, and their life has changed. All right? Use a pre-planned sales and communication presentation. Use a pre-planned presentation, guys. Um, this is scripting again. hate the S word, but it just is. No training, no success, guys. You don't train, you don't get success. So, is everybody enjoying this so far? Great Anybody? stuff. Everybody yeah. doing, doing good? Okay. Cool. So, so far we've covered the strategy, right? Reaching out to an audience that uh, doesn't even know that they have needs. Creating, establishing those needs and driving those needs. Um, we went over the fact that you can actually generate tons of leads using radio infomercials, even more than some cases you can do online, and then how to create repeat buyers and lower marketing costs by getting the maintenance agreement right. you got to get the maintenance agreement right. So who out there is ready to take it to the next level? Huh? All you've got to do in the Q&A box is put, I'm ready, and somebody from my team or myself will reach out to you to help you if you want us to get the Lead Ninja system, get it working for you, get it done for you, period. So this is my pitch to you guys. Um, if you want to spend all the time writing the scripts and doing all of that, by all means, God love you. Good luck. Have a blast. I spent a lot of money doing it, and it was not the easiest thing in the world that I've ever done. But it can be done. I'm proof that it can be done. You just got to test and measure test and measure. All right? We are all about helping you drive more leads and getting sales fast. I can have things up and running for most of my clients within two weeks um, if everything comes together properly. Um, you, you are guaranteed not to waste time and money on things that don't work anymore when you're using the Lead Ninja system. And one of the reasons for that is that I don't get paid except for when the phone rings. So if I do everything for you, if I write those scripts for you, if I create the program and everything for you, um, and it doesn't work, remember, I don't get paid. It's not you don't get paid, I don't get paid. So what we do at Lead Ninja is we write the radio program for you, we record the program for you, we edit it for you, we select the radio stations, we hand you our proven system in a little package, a pretty little package, along with the big picture strategy, we give you the sales training, training that is working for technicians all over the country. It's all written out for you. I've got it in uh, two forms written. One is short, one is long. I've got it in audio format for you, and all of my clients are getting the video as it comes out as well. Minute, four minute, five minute videos that your technicians can watch while they're in their trucks. Audio that they can listen to while they're in their trucks so they can hear the right tone, the right inflection, three, how these are supposed to be delivered to the customer. We track all the results for our customers through our recorded uh, software systems. You just get a login and password, and you can see everything in real time. You can check the calls, listen to the calls, listen to how your CSRs are doing from anywhere in the world, any device in the world. And all you have to do, once you tell us how many customers you want, is just pay the radio stations, pay for the media, which we negotiate for you. Um, and then here's the best part. The way that Lead Ninja gets paid, we've got skin in the game. I remember people asking me for $100,000, $200,000 a year for marketing. I'd sit in these people's offices and I'd go, okay, you want me to spend two hundred grand a year with you. Um, what if it don't work? Right? What if it don't work? That's all of our questions as contractors. What if it don't work? 
and they just kind of turned their head side, you know, they tilted their head a little bit to the left, shrugged their shoulders, and they didn't really have anything to say to me. I decided when I started this business, I knew the system worked. Um, I was going to have skin in the game with my clients. So after a small initial investment to get things, to get the production and everything handled for you, I only charge you if and when the phone rings. Think of that. Think of an advertiser putting their money where their mouth is. Has anybody ever said to you, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. If the phone doesn't ring, you don't have to pay me. Well, that's what I'm telling you today. You don't have to pay me unless the phone rings. That's my, my deal. That's my deal, uh, Josh. It's a pretty, it's a pretty, pretty, power, much there. pretty powerful offer. And, um, you know, it's really, if you're in the right size market, if you're the kind of company that's looking for growth and looking to take things to the next level, I think it's a no-brainer. A lot of you guys posted your, your names in here. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. That's awesome. I'll make sure that Gene and his team reach out to you right away. Um, we had a little bit of a snafu with the request for appointments um, prior to the meeting. So if you could, you can go to leadninjasystem.com slash contact us. I'm also going to put a link here as an answer to all of you guys where if you go to this page, you can request an appointment with, uh, with Gene. For those of you who stuck around, um, we're gonna, uh, all you've got to do is let us know and we'll send you this, uh, this slide presentation in PDF format so that you can uh, use it as your blueprint. So was, it, was this great stuff or what? I mean, Gene has opened the kimono. He really built his HVAC company from the ground up to making the Inc. 5000 list in less than six years, sold it for a nice profit, and he's basically showed you his strategy, which is different than probably what you've been exposed to in the past. It's something completely different. He's implemented this for plumbing companies. He's implemented this for HVAC companies. Again, it's not a great fit for everybody and in every market, but if you are the right fit, this to me seems like a no-brainer to, to look into and to check out. So I hope you got value from today's session. I really appreciate you guys investing your time. Um, Gene and I, our true intent yeah. is to provide value, to give you ideas and strategies, and really empower you to increase your sales, grow your revenues, take your company to the next level. So hopefully you guys see that. And we do want to stick around for, for other questions. So if you have other questions for us, post them in the question box. Gene and I will hang out as long as necessary to make sure everybody's taken care of. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I really appreciate all your time. And best of luck in your businesses. So Let Mel, me know if I can help you. Mel has a question, and it's uh, what percentage of the training is focused on sales and what percentage is focused on marketing? Uh, the training that I provide? Yeah. It is sales. It's all sales. It's all about how to answer the phones, book the calls, and then yeah, this is this is the extent of the marketing training that I provide. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Jason Singh, send us the slides. Absolutely, all of you guys that were on, you're going to get a. Uh, eventually, it takes a little bit of time to get it all exported, but we'll get you guys a recording of the presentation so you can listen to it again. You're going to get the the radio advertising blueprint since you stuck around throughout the the course of the presentation. Uh, as well as the the replay of, of the recording. So Bryce, thanks Gene, thanks Josh, your team appreciates the presentation. Thanks Scott, really appreciate it. Uh, Frank's asking for the presentation. We'll get this to you. Um, 
Rob says, not ready, but wants to watch the, the program again. Absolutely. Rob, we'll make sure to get this out to you. Um, Bryce asking for a call right away. We'll make sure that you're one of the first people that get called. Um, Mel's got it. Tim wants the slides. Okay, so here's a, here's a specific question. And for those of you guys that are still on, stick around. There's probably some golden nuggets to be had in these last couple minutes. But uh, Don's asking, what if your primary service a narrow area close to your shop and want to receive and would you wind up receiving calls outside your area? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can't we can't control where the radio signals go. All you can do is pick weaker signals. The weaker the signals, the worse the results. So you do have to be able to reach out and touch people with this. You've got to be willing to drive a little bit. Yep. So it's a, it's kind of a different strategy than maybe some of you have done in the past. Again, with a different strategy comes different tactics and maybe some different ways of running your operation. Um, so that those it's are all not focused. Yeah, it's not focused geographically, but it is focused um, demographically. Okay. If that makes sense. So uh, Dalton's saying I'm interested in showing other people in the company that would definitely be open to this. Can I can I be sent the recording? Absolutely. We'll make sure you get the recording. Um, Tim, we'll make sure you get called. Let's see, Brad. Yes, Brad, we will get you the slide deck ASAP. And we're still open for questions, so if you have any other questions. Otherwise, you can always reach out to Gene, Dean, uh, excuse me, Gene's company directly at 800-918-3032. Or click on the link that's right there in the comments box. It will take you straight to a page where you can schedule an appointment. Uh, alternatively, you can go to leadninjasystem.com slash contact us uh, with a hyphen. And I think, we're, I think we're good. Mel, ready for a call? And absolutely, we'll get this for you right away. We'll make sure somebody reaches out to you. Um, Gene, thanks so much for your time today. I think you, you provided excellent value um, and really appreciate you, you doing this. Thanks for setting it up, Josh. I really appreciate you and all you've done. Have a great day, everyone. All right, guys. We'll talk to you again soon.